But no, sometimes we have to let pain have her purpose and pain show us some things about ourselves. We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most confident women that you will ever meet to discover the secret to moving beyond insecurity. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I am so incredibly grateful that you have joined me for another episode of The Best Kept Secret. Can you believe that we are here at the end of 2022? Oh my goodness. (laughs) It has been a journey and it's one that I'm so honored to just do with you. Doesn't matter how long you've been here, doesn't matter how often you tap in, I'm just grateful that you are a part of this community. Today, I want to thank Sharika for the review that she left on Audible. (laughs) What? (laughs) And she writes, I really enjoyed this episode about marriage. The conversation was insightful and encouraging. You will not regret listening. Go listen now. Sharika, thank you so much for listening to the episode that my husband and I hosted with Calvin and Courtney Richard at the beginning of the season It reminds me just how much we have grown, how many conversations we've had, how we have leaned into the hard work, and how God gets the glory from all of it. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to head over to Audible and do that. Today, as we prepare to get into our conversation on how to continue growing in confidence in the Lord... I do hope that you find the courage to engage spiritual warfare with new intimacy and new authority because as I have defined it, spiritual warfare is that opposition that we encounter from the enemy that challenges our intimacy and authority with the Lord. And the truth is that when we are enthralled in spiritual warfare, it affects everything else that we do. It affects how we show up in the world. It affects how we connect with others, and it affects how we shine the light of Christ. He told us that they would know us by our love. And today I want to ask if that's true of us. Today I'm going to read Colossians 3, 12 through 15 from the New International Version over us as we prepare our hearts for this conversation. It reads, Therefore, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Mm. Today, 
we are going to be talking with two of the authors of Come Sit With Me, How to Delight in Differences, Love Through Disagreements, and Live with Discomfort. Grace P. Cho is a Korean-American writer, editor, poet, and speaker. She creates space for people to be known, nurtured, and challenged through her work, and she desires to elevate women of color's voices in the publishing industry. Grace is also the co-editor of Take Heart, 100 Devotions to Seeing God When Life's Not Okay, Empowered, More of Him for All of You, Courageous Influence, Create in Me a Heart of Wisdom, and Voices of Lament, Reflections on Brokenness and Hope in a World's Longing for Justice. Dr. Lucretia Carter Berry is the founder of Brownicity, and she earned her PhD in curriculum and instruction and an MA in English from Iowa State University. As a former college professor, Lucretia designed Brownicity's flagship course and study guide, What Lies Between Us, fostering first steps toward racial healing. Lucretia has authored Hues of You, and she is a curriculum specialist for Community School of Davidson, as well as a contributor for Encourage and a TED speaker. Will you help me welcome Grace Picha and Dr. Lucretia Carter Bear? All right, y'all, I am so ridiculously excited about our conversation. As you know, we've kind of been talking about how to just engage with others who have different opinions, different beliefs than ourselves and how important that is. And I just wanna welcome our guests in today. Grace, Lucretia, how are y'all doing? I'm doing well. Yes, great, yeah. It's kind of late here. I'm sleepy, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate your time. It's so, so difficult, so difficult to sometimes organize things between the West Coast and the East Coast for sure. So we won't take up too much of it tonight by any means, but you all are co-authors with a group of other ladies and Becky Keefe in the book, Come Sit With Me, How to Delight in Differences, Love Through Disagreements, and Live with Discomfort. And so I just want to ask you, you know, can you tell us some of the lessons that you've learned so far about how to continue to show up for and with one another when you are experiencing those disagreements and that discomfort? Well, first of all, it's about, you know, I start with believing or not believing the hype that they are so like irrevocably like different and divided that we are know, kind of um, on polar opposites, opposites of a continuum. I believe that over the last few years, maybe, you know, four, three years, it feels like there's been some type of strategy that keeps telling us, you know, strategic lie that keeps saying that, you know, we're divided. And, and really, you know, even if you look at that through a political lens, most people are you know, falling in the middle, and then there are some extremes. But even in all of that, we are human. We have very similar needs. And so then the issue is about communicating, right? And, and, and we know how to, we, we have been taught how to communicate. And we, we know that we need to be patient, you know, we need to using some, you know, psychotherapy terms, you know, we have to co-regulate, you know, we know that we have to be good listeners. 
you know, hear the biography over the ideology, you know, see the person, see the God in a person. And we know we need to do that. It just feels like lately there's a noise that's louder than that, that drowns that out, you know, that says, okay, no, just throw all that away and let's yell at each other and let's not get along and let's find it impossible to find some kind of common ground and re- resolution. And so I think if we essentially step back from the lens of division and, and look through, you know, look through God's eyes, like a holistic lens or a shalom lens, then we do see our, our brothers and sisters or people who we can just see them with compassion. And yes, it has been more challenging lately. We have to be really intentional and committed mm-hmm. to wanting to see people who think differently than us and live differently than us as valuable and human and, and actually as a significant part of, you know, of a, of a bigger picture of a tapestry, you know, something that, that is actually, you know, makes me better. So when I'm listening to people and I'm living amongst people who live differently than I do and think differently than I do, it, it actually helps me grow and makes me better. How about you, Grace? You know, it, we say, you know how we say that we should see the Imago Dei in people. And it's actually very hard to look for that and to even know what to look for when we're saying that, when the person in front of us isn't necessarily showing God-like characteristics, you know. And so I, I've, I've had to, you know, in order to make that a practical thing for, for myself, it really has been a lesson of how do I humanize people instead of dehumanizing them and making them, you know, making them these two-dimensional thoughts or two-dimensional values or beliefs and to really say that you're a, a human being. And so that I, I write this about, I write about my marriage in the book and that has been the lesson for me is how can I be curious about this person mm-hmm. in in other things, maybe not even in the, in the, in the areas that we're disagreeing on, but just in their humanity, like what, what do they, what kind of coffee do they like? Or, you know, what are they thinking about at this time? I talk about asking questions in my chapter and that has helped me to see the humanity for me specifically with my husband, but really trying to see that in in this very revved up mm-hmm. culture that we live in today so that I can see them first as human beings who, like you said, have needs that are similar to mine, who also want to be seen and loved as I do, and then to go from there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes, y'all. So Lucretia mentioned that we need to use that shalom lens, that lens of peace and just begin to see ah, the value in others because we do need those differences and we are all created in the image of God. But my goodness, it can be difficult. So let's go on. I did want to ask about how to stay curious, how to ask questions, because Grace, you made a distinction between curiosity and being nosy. And so I wanted to ask both of you, what have you learned about how to engage with others and show interest in them beyond, you know, that discomfort that you experience? 
Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nuanced. I think being nosy, the, the question behind the question is, who does it serve? Does it serve you and, you know, the itching of curiosity because you just want more information about this person or on this person? Or is it going to serve in creating a relationship with this person? And, and so asking questions that I like to go deep fast. That's just, I am not a fan of small talk, but I know small talk can lead to deeper conversations. And so even that, I, I feel like there's a dance in, in having a conversation with someone of maybe they're not like that. Maybe they don't like to go deep fast and it feels invasive to them and really trying to read. Um, there's this Korean word called nunchi. Nunchi is like having intuition or having, being able to, it, it's that kind of idea of being able to read the room. And I feel like I was taught to have nunchi. I think that's a very high, high value in Korean culture. And so I, I think that's part of it is asking questions to be curious and to know the person instead of being nosy to get information on the person. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Lucretia, how have you learned to just ask questions, not only of other people, but even, you know, of God and what he may be interested in teaching you and showing you through that relationship and that interaction? Well, I am a question asker. And I think that <laughs> I I am wired to be curious. I mean, we actually all are. And, and sometimes through learning institutions, curiosity, ironically, can be taught out of us. I, I have always valued differences and ethnic differences. And, and so using questions to, you know, build relationships is just like, you know, sitting down or cozying up to a good book and, and, you know, and learning about people. So now, you know, I'm writing down, okay, got to learn more about noon chi. Is that right, Grace? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I want to learn more about that. But also similarly, is the intention or the, or the desire to want to be connected, you know, to, you know, that guides the questions. I I think about, we, we have a, a new neighbor and, and, you know, someone new moves into the neighborhood and we live on, in a very kind of little special place. There's only six houses in our little nook that we live on a little gravel road, kind of, you know, a little bit isolated by trees, even though we're, we're right here in the city. And so, of course, you move to a place like that and everybody knows you're new because it's, it's only six houses. And I'll just say he has a look drives a particular truck, waves a particular flag that does not say to me, Lucretia, I see you, I value you, you know, you belong, or hi, I'm your new neighbor who is warm and loving, you know? <laughs> However, I, you know, choose to, because this is my neighbor and I, you know, and I want our, our space to be loving and a space of belonging. So I get to contribute to that. You know, I don't have to wait on, you know, my neighbor to create that. He's the new person. And so we've just had great conversations. You know, when he will, he, when I'm out walking my dog and, you know, he stops his truck and rolls down his window, which of course is a great sign, you know, (laughs) and and we talk, I can feel his warmth. 
and, and which speaks volumes over flags and the type of truck you drive and the way you dress. And then later, you know, we've gotten to know each other and it was, I, I mean, he doesn't know this, but I needed um, to have a conversation with him where he was sharing, for example, like why he drives that kind of truck, why he has that kind of flag. I mean, I didn't ask him that, but as he shared his life and why he does what he does, it all made sense. And so I needed to see that flag and that truck and that way of dressing in a warmth, you know, in the warmth of, and the beauty of a person who is serving other people. And so, but if I wasn't curious, you know, I would have made a judgment call and then I would have missed out on that. I would have, you know, thought my neighborhood was chilly cold now that this new person has moved in now or whatever. Um, and so I would have contributed to um, creating a, you know, an unwelcoming space where, you know, where I, where I live. And so again, I choose curiosity over judgment because I get to create, I get to contribute and create the space that I want to have, or that I know God wants me to live in. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you both for sharing. My goodness, so much just to meditate on. And the one theme that I picked up from both of them is that we can truly learn how to do this. Sis, if y'all don't feel like y'all are good at this, <laughs> that you have been hurt, that you have, you know, made some snap judgments because of how you have been treated in the past by certain groups of people, you can learn to connect. You can learn to ask questions. You can learn to facilitate a welcoming environment that will invite others into that space as well. And that is freeing to me today. I want to ask you now, Grace, about your entry because it really spoke to me. My goodness, my husband and I are very open and I'm so grateful for him. We have had a hard marriage simply because I am strong-willed y'all pray for him <laughs> i am strong-willed and so i just appreciate that you shared that you and your husband had intentionally hid parts of yourselves because you feared that the other wouldn't understand and it would in turn reject that part of you and him. And so I want to ask, you know, how did you move past that? How did you get to a place where you were just like, this is worth it. I want to work through this. We are going to find out how to open up to one another. Can you help those of our sisters who are listening and having some discomfort within their marriages? Our conversation will be back in just a moment. But for right now, I want to ask, are you the creative, the queen, or the conqueror? Could you be all three? I want to invite you to head over to liveduly.com and take the Confident Collaborations Quiz. Together, we are going to walk in our calling more confidently than ever before and engage in kingdom collaborations. This two-minute quiz will help you identify your strengths and even a few areas of growth to help you be everything that God designed you to be. It's at liveduly.com slash quiz, and you can find the link in the description below. Wow. It took a lot of faith. I have to say that when we were going through that, 
what what made it seem like the worst thing to try to keep going was that I wasn't guaranteed the result. That even if I could stay, you know, another year or five, the background to our marriage is that generally he's such a nice guy. <laughs> and kind of how you explained it, I feel like I would have been the one to say, you know, oh, it's probably the problem is is me because I come from, you know, a more dysfunctional family or I am more emotional or, you know, so I had these narratives that I already brought into our marriage and he just seemed like everyone knew he was a nice guy. So there wasn't a lot of big ups and downs in our marriage until all the little downs added to this big disruption. And so even go, moving forward from that big disruption, it really was, husband, I don't know if I'll even know in a year's time if this is worth it or if I'll know in five years time and I'll have wasted another five years of my life in this marriage. And so it was that tension within myself of saying, is it worth it? I don't even know because I don't know the end result. And that's life, right? We don't know what's going to happen in the next year or five or 10, but it really was this kind of stubborn, I want to believe faith in me that wanted to say, God, if it doesn't have to be guaranteed that resurrection is possible in this marriage, I know that, but if it is, Mm -hmm. if it is, I want to be able to see that. And so that kind of, I think, got me, got me to the next day, to the next year. And actually that it, this all happened right before the pandemic. And so I know for a lot of marriages, the pandemic really hit hard and, you know, escalated some internal tensions. But for us, it was really a time of covering in our marriage of we only had each other. We only had our kids and his parents. We live in a multi-generational home. And so it, it allowed us to cocoon and just be with one another in, in that time. And so I, I would say that faith is really required, but also that it really needs to be two willing people. Mm-hmm. If And that's, that's something I, I needed to see from my husband was the willingness to make an effort, which even though he felt like he was making an effort, it was a lot of imbalanced work, imbalanced effort in our marriage where I was overcompensating for his lack and therefore creating this, both his lack and my overcompensation was creating this imbalance in our marriage. And so it would be, it would be, it it had to be both where I held back even some of my help and grew in patience while he grew in self-knowledge, you know, going to therapy and learning and being willing and actually putting into practice the things he was learning. So I I would say those two things. I really do think that a partnership can only work when two people are willing to make it work and putting in the effort to do that. And really for me, it came down to having faith that it could, that if it could, then I want to be a witness to that. 
Yeah. 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 That is so helpful. It reminds me of, you know, the father standing at the foot of the mountain as Jesus returns with Peter, John, and James, and how the dad says, you know, if you can. He says, if, <laughs> you know, and and the, the man with the son who he so desperately wants to be healed says, oh, I believe, but help my unbelief. We can claim that, y'all. That is a real prayer. That is a real prayer that God will honor. Help me, help me, just help me to see that this is possible. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you. Lucretia, you and I also have, have some things in common. I was like, oh my goodness, this whole forgiveness piece, this is real. <laughs> I have been convicted by the Lord in the past, and I've kind of shared that here and some other places that I just felt like the Lord spoke to me one day and told me that I needed to get over some of the prayers that I was praying. Some of them weren't coming from a healthy place because I was praying with this desire for others to see, you know, how good I was or how much I'd outgrown them or how I'd done well anyway. And he showed me that it was this area of unforgiveness that was hiding in my heart. And that's what you write about. Can you tell us how you walked through forgiveness, even when it's not, you know, linear? on a schedule as we might like it to be, and it doesn't take place as quickly. How on earth have you learned to walk out forgiveness? Help us. I think I'm still learning. <laughs> but no, I, I was I probably more so crawled and then rolled and groveled. I think that's what it was more like a or army crawl, sometimes a bear crawl. It was excruciating because I was in, you know, I was in so much pain. And for me, I think it you know, it's about, oh, this person hurt me that I looked up to, or this person hurt me who I respected. Now, if it was a person I didn't care about, <laughs> that'd be like, oh, I forgive them. You know, they just don't know me. They don't know what they're doing. But, you know, when you've invested your heart, you know, you've invested your heart, your admiration, you know, and time and just good thoughts, you know, a prayer, you know, we, pray for people and want God's best for them. And then something unfortunate happens. Yeah. For me, that's where my struggle is. And, and yes, and I write about that. Yeah, my, my prayers, my original prayer was to be avenged by God. Like, God, how are you going to take her out? And, you know, I say that thinking, why would I say that to God? You know, like, how, God, how are you going to take out your own daughter? Take, take kill her. No, just no, for real. But that's what I was thinking at the time. But I'm better now. <laughs> so this is real life. This is real life. And, so and David, David helps us, you know. <laughs> all those <laughs> psalms. He's like, mm. <laughs> like not crying, ugly crying, all of that. But the but the thing was though, I, let me give myself some credit. I was praying. I did go to God. I did not like go after her. <laughs> I did go to yeah. God. And then and then yet yeah, just audibly hearing God interrupt you know, my crying and my, all my emotions is like cut, cut through all of that just so sweetly and said, you can forgive her. And it was as if I had never, ever heard that before in my whole life. Like, well, I can do what? What is that? I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about, God. And, and so then I'm like, okay, so, you know, the forgiveness, you know, God saying you can forgive her started on the date of the offense, now, oftentimes when we're going through something, you know, we don't, we don't maybe think about forgiveness until, I don't know, a few days later or on down the line, but that was right there in the middle of me expressing 
the excruciating pain. And so, yeah, it was quite a journey because it was a person that I still, I still had to work with her. I still had to see her. I did avoid her as much as I could, but in order to finish my, or to move on in life, I had to work with her. And, and so, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, me praying for her, you know, the, the good way, the, the way that I'm supposed to pray for her, for her. But then also there was a lot of frustration because I didn't want to be in pain. I was in so much pain and I felt humiliated and betrayed and overlooked, you know, and not seen. I felt like she just had discarded me. And so having to continue to be in a space with her kept, you know, like made the pain like resonate and, and expand. And so here I am trying to forgive her, but the pain seems greater, seems to be growing greater. And then I'm being frustrated with myself. So then it's the pain on top of the pain that I I seem to be failing at forgiveness because I think we're kind of handed this version of forgiveness that looks like a three-step plan. You know, you say, I forgive the person. Maybe you write it down on paper. I don't know, I burn the paper or something. You know, all like we get all of these kind of anecdotes and formulas and I tried them all. I think I even, you know, I looked things up. I, you know, I bought books. I, I was trying all the things. I was trying the, the neuroscience. Okay, draw, di- write it down and then draw some different neural networks. All of the things. I'm trying to do all the things. And then what I realized was it took years. I just, you know, I, I imagine what happened was that I set my mind on other things. I eventually, yeah, no longer needed to work with her anymore or be around her on a regular basis. And so I... I, I talk about the, the, the grace of time and space and how that can, that can be an option too. It doesn't have to be in my own like power and in my own will. Like I want to be, I want to be pain-free in a week or two weeks, but no, sometimes we have to let pain have her purpose mm-hmm. and pain show us some things about ourselves, Right. Even if it takes years, <laughs> unfortunately, um, and I just, you know, I'm so grateful that God is, you know, Emmanuel with us all the time. Like even when I was plotting a murder, God was with me. <laughs> you know, God was like, "I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna murder her. We gonna forgive her, but I'm with you." You know. Yeah. <laughs> and even, you know, when I'm thinking terrible thoughts and when I'm struggling and I can't do it. Again, I kept thinking that I was some kind of failure in the eyes of God. And then here God was just like, girl, I'm just giving you some time. You need time. You need time and you need space. And I and I wrote this story because, or I wrote about this because I'd never heard that before when it comes to forgiveness. Like sometimes you need space, sometimes you need time. And then we know how character is developed over time. So then you get all these bonuses, you get forgiveness, (laughs) but you get all of these bonuses as well. And I just remember one day going, oh, like it doesn't hurt anymore. And then even I was able to see some things, like I said, I learned a lot about myself. And then I even was able to see, see some things about her kind of through God's eyes. Like, oh, you know, she was struggling with this and she had all this pressure with her job. And then, you know, and then this other person who, you know, started the whole problem. Oh, well, this person, 
you know, wanted the favor that they perceived that I had. So I was able to step back and see. So then I had a different perspective, you know, a different thoughts. And so if I think about it differently, when we allow ourselves to think about it differently, then we feel differently. Then where there was pain, now there was empathy. Like, oh yeah, that, that had to be really tough. And I can see how, you know, she wasn't able to see and think clearly because I was also in a, a space where I couldn't see and think clearly myself. As you were talking, this might be inappropriate, but you know, the psalmist said, if I ascend to heaven, there you are. If I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, there you are. He is everywhere, even when we are plotting murders. And I am grateful. I am grateful for his faithfulness and how he is always reeling us in, pulling right. us back and teaching us more. Thank you ladies, just for your heart and how you have shared them with us today. Can you tell us where can we get this book? Where can we find both of you? Tell us all the things. Sure, you can buy the book wherever books are sold, really. You can find me at Grace Petro on all social media. And yes, there we go, there's a book. <laughs> and, and at gracepetro.com. Yes, and I am on social media as Lucretia Berry, and my organization is Brownicity. So check us out at brownicity.com, but only if you love to learn. If you don't want to learn, <laughs> spout off nonsense, please don't come our way. <laughs> oh, we don't have any of those. We don't have any of those. These are, these <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> we all love to learn. And growth and transformation so that you can transform your spheres of influence. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> Ladies, before you head out, can we ask you a couple of secrets? We just want, yeah, I know, I know. They're never secrets. But <laughs> I just love to call them that. First one is, what are you doing or including in your space in a rhythm in your day to help you slow down? Our culture is super fast paced and we are always encouraging one another to slow down, girl, slow down. What y'all doing? Well, I'll go first. I have started taking naps, even if it's like 15 minutes. And that is a miracle for me. I cannot believe that I somehow managed to every day squeeze one in so far. I've been doing that for about a month or so. That's amazing. That's amazing, Lucretia. I will be honest. I'm not good at, it's not that I, I don't like to be busy, mm -hmm. but I'm always connected mm -hmm. on my laptop, on my phone or needing noise in some shape or another. So something as small as closing the laptop, mm. putting my phone, not right next to my head when I go to sleep, but like on the floor next to my bed, something as little as that, that's as far as I've gotten so far. I would love to take naps every day. Um, I'm not good at the short naps, but I really do believe that rest is how we're going to persevere. So I applaud you, Lucretia, on that. For sure, for sure. What is bringing a smile to your faces these days? I teach a high school course. So I part-time, part-part-time as an instructor. And I teach a high school elective. And these kids are so hungry and so passionate. And I feel lucky that I get to be their teacher. And yeah, it makes me smile every day. I feel like they, they fill me up and they give lots of hope because the class is anti-racism 101 and they just are so excited in there. And it, and I know it's like, oh, yes, yes, please grow up and run the world. 
That's good. I love that so much. Um, Okay, mine's going to be connected with kids too. I recently volunteered to be a youth staff member at our church or just like a youth volunteer. And and they pair us up with a youth. Our our youth group is so small. You can pair kids up with an an adult. Um, And so we do these mentoring times. And so this past Sunday, we, I took some girls and we went ice skating with some of the other teachers. And so I I realized I really do love mentoring. It's one of the areas in my life I've kept on going, even after I left pastoral ministry. And uh, I love it. I love that we get to see, like you're saying, we get to witness their growth and be there for, I I wouldn't even say like before and afters, but just the walk with them in discovering who they are and discovering the world. So mentoring is life-giving. Yeah, it is. It is life-giving. Ladies, so grateful. So grateful for your time today. My goodness. Would do you mind praying us out? Most high, we are so grateful for you. We are so grateful that we, we know you and we get to know you. We are so grateful that your love is so vast that you created us and we get to be an extension of you. We get to bask in your glory, get to bask in in your love, in your shalom, in your favor. We get to walk the earth as the essence of you. And we are so grateful. We don't take that lightly that we get to know who we are. And we are grateful for this time that you have orchestrated, that you've allowed us to be together to to share, to share your vision that you have, that you have handed to us to carry out in the earth, that you have coordinated this time, you know, this podcast, you've blessed this podcast to be here, to be a beautiful sound, a consonance in the earth, to bring people hope, to put hope and love and and, and freedom and liberty and joy in the air. And then you've invited us, Grace and I, to be a part of it. We just thank you also for this book and this opportunity to share and encourage people through our stories, God, to be able to create and amplify the truth about how you see humanity and the opportunities you've given us to grow closer to you and to become more like you, our true selves. We are truly grateful for every listener who is leaning in and who is loving hard. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. That just blessed my soul. And I pray that you can say the same after this conversation. If that's the case, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible and leave a rating and review? It would truly support this podcast and let the guests know that you value their time. I know I do. Now, in between our time here on the podcast, I do want to let you know that I am at Candid Live on Instagram and at Live Duly on YouTube. It would be an honor to do life with you. I look forward to the next time. Love you.